And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and less to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. Eagle Whistler. The state will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a comedy episode of The Bickersons, starring Lou Parker and Francis Langford from 1951. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular Paul Anka songs and a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Paul and I will try to name that tune, right, Lisa? Right, so you got it. It's not true or false. Oh, okay. Name it's that not true tune. Or false. I've only been doing this for what, 16 years? It's been a while, yeah. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. Hey. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Paul? Good, good, and and this is not Paul Anka, by the way. This is uh, this is not me identifying my own song. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Paul, did you twist your Anka? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm a big uh, Paul Anka fan. You might call me an Ankaholic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm when it, when Paul's on, I have my my uh, rim shot You've ready got to your go. Finger on the buzzer. I'm ready to go because I sometimes you know. I'm a little late with that thing. Is that right? Sometimes. And sometimes when you say the joke, like on the third time, it just isn't that funny well, anymore. Maybe yeah. a little on I the first. I think our listeners like our corny jokes. No, but maybe just once. All right. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what happens here. I'm All sure right. I'm sure I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. Paul is going to get all of these right, and well, I'm going to get none right. Well, not necessarily. There are six songs here. Okay. I think you know five of them. No, that's my guess. Paul okay. will get them before. That's my well, guess. Let me, let me put it this way, Carl. I'll be appalled if I don't beat you. There you go. Me too, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to hear your voice. It's been a while since yeah. you called in. All right. I'm glad to talk to you. Um, so here is the first Paul Anka song. It's actually written and performed by Paul Anka in 1957. You and I Diana. Yes. What? <laughs> that what? is that is absolutely right. It's called Diana. Here it is. Diana. So it reached number one on the Billboard chart and sold over nine million copies. Is that all? That's it. Wow. Uh, Paul is uh, on the board. Definitely on the board. <laughs> Taking the words out of your mouth. Oh, my God. I'll That's get a, none of these. No, no, you'll get some. Nah. All right. I, I really like this next song. Okay. Um, this was a Paul Inca song written and recorded by Paul Inca, released in 1959. Someone, yes, someone to love. Lonely boy? Yes. <laughs> what? How do you know so much about Paul Inca? Uh, I guess I had to go through Anka management classes. Okay, all right. So, Anka sang this song in the film Girls Town, and it topped the charts. 
All right, I'm giving you no help on this next song. That was a good one, Paul. Here's the third song. Okay. Hold me in your arms. Baby. Put your head under my shoulder. That's it. Put your head on my shoulder. Needs no introduction. Show me. Love me too. (laughs) So this was written by Paul Inka, released in 1959. Reached number two. I think I broke some glass in here. Did you see that? Some of the glass broke. Baby. Wow. Well, how many does Paul have? Use that in Young Frankenstein, actually. Broke some glass. Put your head on my shoulder. Okay, he's got three out of three, huh? Yep. Three left. Three I can left. tie. You could. <laughs> All right. Concentrate, Carl. Concentrate. Concentrate. You ready? Next yeah. song. Okay. I can see Kevin, my baby. Yes, but you're so fast. You know this song, Carl. It's just you're so fast. Having my baby. A little sexist, but okay. My baby. In other words, he's she's having his baby. Yeah. It's not hers. You know, it's it, his. This song was right, it's been Very really sexist. criticized for declaring the child was the man's rather than the couple's yeah. baby. Well, and Paul Anka defended his choice by saying, I could have called it our baby, but the other just sounded better, and I quote. Yeah. So I don't know. So, so written and recorded in 1974, and it is a duet. Uh, yeah. And it was his first number one hit on the Billboard chart in 15 years since Lonely Boy. Wow. He didn't say that he didn't say having our baby because it takes longer than an hour. Huh? Huh? What was that? I didn't get it. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> having an hour baby as opposed to how long labor usually takes. Ah, uh, got it. Okay. okay, we're both a little I gave you a rim shot there. Here. <laughs> it, was a, it was a little bit of a... Kind of a courtesy rim shot, but <laughs> wasn't your best joke. But okay, all right. All right. You listen, can do better gonna, on the next. Listen, one. we know each other well enough to be able to be honest with each other. <laughs> that wasn't your best joke. Paul. All right, you can make up for it on this next. All one. right, here we go. Oh, I guess Puppy love. Yes. What? It's like name that tune in three notes. Puppy love, written by Paul Anka in 1964. Annette yeah. Funicello, the Mouseketeer. Wow. Right? And he had such a the crush on her. The year you were born, Lisa. No, I was not yes. born in 1960. Yes, you were. You were born in 1964. Don't lie about it. I said 1960. No, I thought you said 1964. No, I did not. Oh. I think you said 1960 and then the word for. Oh. I did. Oh, okay. you're absolutely right. Written by, thank you. Written by Paul Inca in 1960. For Annette Funicello. Oh, okay. Not 1964, but I could see how you would have heard that. Yeah, okay. All right. well, and it's appropriate after Puppy Love that Carl continues to just be dogging it. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's a good that's one. better. You did okay. better. Um, um, 12 years after this song was revived by... I don't know. Huge. Who had a huge hit with this song? With Puppy Love? Yes, and you know it. Um, Donny Osmond, wasn't yes, it? Yes, thank Donny you. Donny Osmond. Donny Osmond. I have a little crush on him. Do you? Okay. I do. Oh. I had a crush on Marie. Well, I understand that. <laughs> uh, is there any more? They kind of look alike. Okay, here's your oh, final song. More, right? Maybe I can get one. Let's you do know, it. If Paul gives I me don't a break there. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Good morning. Times of your life. Yes. <laughs> okay, extra no brownie mercy. points. For, no mercy at all. Uh, what advertising jingle made this famous? Oh, the, I know Kodak. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say Kodak. Yeah, but you don't you don't win because of that. <laughs> I, I think I no, I think it was a triple or nothing. I think it was a six or a nothing. What are you talking I think, about? I think it was. 
I don't know what you're talking about, but Kodak created a, an advertising campaign featuring Pauline. I think it was all, of your life. I think it was just a warm up to that last question that Lisa asked. Well, I didn't yeah, agree. I, was, I don't think that's the way it developed. No. Ah. <laughs> that's a good one, Paul. See, that's a good one, right? This song is very like, sad. Sad. It's very mixed me emotional. Remember. I feel it, that it's way. It's basically saying the times of your life are all gone. No, it's just, you know, no, they don't want to make you sad. It's for Kodak. They want you to remember. They're not saying they're memories. gone. They your want life, you to. Your life is past. No, cherish the memories. Okay. Remember all your Time magazines, all your Life magazines, times in your life. Yeah, so, uh, no, now you're reaching. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, um, anyway, Paul, Paul you're awesome Paul as was always. Right. He got all six right. He sure did. Wow! But I did get the bonus question. Yes, you did. So <laughs> give you a quarter of a point. I for can that run one. up and down the hall for no, that. No, you can't. I got the bonus question. I got the bonus question. You can only run you can up, crawl the hall. up and down the hall. You for can that. run up, but you can't run down the hall. Just yeah. one way. Well, anyway. Um, I got the bonus question. Yes, you did, Carl. Good job. But even greater job to Paul. Great job. (laughs) I love your jokes, most of them. And I'm going to send you some fun CDs, all right? Excellent. Thank you. Take care. It's good to talk to you. All right. Take care. When we come back, it's the Battling Bickersons. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. I got to tell you, Lisa, a few weeks ago, we talked about 60 radio shows for 60 bucks, right? On 30 30 CDs. Yeah. Because we had extra CDs in the warehouse. um, And I got it. We had such an un. It was unbelievable. It was a crazy blowout sale. It was unbelievable. Believable, and I want to thank every single person. And there's a lot of people mm. out there so that took, took advantage of uh, 60 classic radio shows on 30 CDs for only 60 bucks plus ten dollars shipping and handling. And uh, we sold thousands of CDs, mm. thousands and thousands of CDs. And I thank you because now the shelves in my mm. warehouse are uh, bare again, which is what we want. Because see, with the classic radio club. We order, you know, just a little more than enough to fill all of the classic radio club orders. But we always have to order like an extra 10 or 20 CD sets to make sure we fill uh, all of the orders. Plus, sometimes, you know, something might get lost in the mail. I have to have an extra one. 
So we had five years worth of that, and we blew it all out. That said, I do have a, enough to sell maybe, maybe 10 or 15 more. That's it. And I'm talking that's it. So if you missed out, folks, if you missed out on it, we do have some left. It's going to go super fast. Literally tonight only. Yeah, it'll be it'll be tonight <laughs> only. But if you do want 60 classic radio shows on 30 CDs, right? You really should call now. Yeah, now, call now. Now, I can't promise you if you if you call tomorrow or the next, I can't promise you we'll have any. But if you do want to call and um, and order sixty shows on thirty CDs for only sixty bucks plus ten dollars shipping and ha- and handling, eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. That's eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. They're going fast. All right, uh, time for the Bickersons. Donna Michi and Francis Langford starred as John and Blanche Bickerson uh, in the 40s. And then by 1951, um, Donna Michi was busy, couldn't do it, so they uh, hired Lou Parker. And uh, Lou Parker played uh, Marlo Thomas's dad. Remember on um, what was that, that show? That girl. That girl. Yeah. Oh, remember. Remember that. her dad on there. I do remember. That's who him. is playing John kind of Bickerson. Like a handsome guy, yeah. right? On this, on this particular, oh, uh, you'll hear him on this. Um, so uh, yeah, Lou Parker and Francis Langford star in this episode of The Bickersons, June fifth, nineteen fifty-one. Let's tune it in. Part one of The Bickersons. And now The Bickersons. The Bickersons, produced and broadcast, transcribed from Hollywood, starring Miss Frances Langford and Mr. Lou Parker. Together they will portray the lead characters in Philip Raff's humorous creation, The Bickersons. And as the battling John and Blanche, they will bring you an unretouched picture of domestic tranquility. But first, here's Lou Parker as Lou Parker. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and good evening. I'm quite sure you're all waiting to meet that gracious young lady who has earned the undying love and gratitude of our boys both here and overseas for her tireless efforts in still another role. Here she is, the Purple Heart Girl, Miss Frances Langford. Thank you, Lou. Frances, before we put the gloves on for our Bickerson stint, I have a little favor to ask of you. Anything you want, Lou. Well, it isn't for me, although I'm sure I'll enjoy it. A couple of weeks ago, when you were entertaining the servicemen at the Long Beach Veterans Hospital, one of the boys fell in love with you. Only one? (laughs) Well, this one's doing something about it. He's written a letter to you asking that you sing a song especially for him. His name is Terry Amico of Ward N3. The song he'd like to hear is Blue Skies. Okay, Francis? Nothing would give me greater pleasure. So with the help of Tony Romano and his orchestra, this is for you, Terry. Blue Skies Smiling at me, nothing but blue skies do I see. Bluebirds singing a song, nothing but bluebirds all day long. Never saw the sun shining so bright, never saw things going so right. Noticing the days hurrying by when you're in love, oh my, they fly. Days, all of them gone No 
nothing but blue skies from now on. Never saw the sun shining so bright, never saw things going so right. Noticing the days hurrying by when you're in love on my fly. Blue days, all of them gone, nothing but blue skies, no The honeymoon is over. In the Bickerson bedroom, there is an infernal machine. With a persistent, inexorable ticking common to all time bombs, it gradually approaches the hour that will shatter the ears and destroy the happiness of the unsuspecting John. It's a matter of seconds now. Eight, seven, six, five, four... Three, two, one. I wish I was dead. All right. All right. All right. Blanche. Blanche. Wait a minute. I'm putting a ribbon in my hair. Where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. Just thought I'd like to look nice for this morning. Why? I knew you'd forget. You did forget. Today happens to be our wedding anniversary. I didn't forget it. Then why didn't you say something? I just opened my eyes. Well, we've been married eight years. What do you want to do? Nothing. It's too late now. <laughs> I mean, haven't you got any plans for tonight? Sure, I got it all worked out. I'm going to take you to dinner and a burlesque show. No, you're not. I'm having a party tonight. Then what did you ask me for? Where's my pants? Somebody stole my pants. Nobody stole your pants. I just looked under the bed and they're not there. Here are your pants. Thanks. Blanche, these aren't my pants. Then whose pants are they? That's a good question. Only I should be asking it. <laughs> Don't be so funny in the morning. They were baggy, so I pressed them. Baggy. Hand me my tie. Which one? Doesn't matter. I want to use it for a belt. My suspenders are broken. <laughs> I'm using it to keep the soles from falling off my shoes. John Bickerson, your shoes. I are... know it. I haven't got a belt. Where's my shirt? Your coffee's getting cold. I don't want any coffee. Where'd you hide my shirt? Didn't hide it anywhere. Well, where is it? I draped it around the canary's cage. Is my shirt the only rag you can find to cover that cage with? Hasn't hurt it any, has it? No, but I don't like the way that bird pokes into my pockets. Every time I take a cigarette out, I'm smoking bird seed. Why do you have to cover the cage anyway? The canary is sensitive to light. Well, get him a pair of sunglasses and leave my shirt alone. Why must you be so mean on our anniversary? Blanche, I'm not mean. I'm worried. I haven't sold a single vacuum cleaner for four weeks. You sold one on Thursday. I know, but we bought it. I had to sell something to keep him getting fired. I'd like to take it back, Blanche. I can't make the payments on it. You leave it alone. We'll need it when we get a carpet. Okay. <laughs> Bye. John! What? I've been standing here waiting for you to kiss me goodbye, and you haven't even looked at me. I looked at you. What do you mean by that? Nothing, Blanche. I'm late. Wait a minute. You got any money? Well, there's a quarter in the sugar bowl. A quarter? You can bring me the change when you come home. Now, listen, Blanche. Something's got to be done about this. I can't get out of work like a pauper every day. A man's got to have a couple of dollars in his pocket. Well, don't yell at me. Well, I don't mind going in torn clothes, holes in my socks, but I'm not going to suffer through those lunches anymore. 
What's the matter with your lunches? You ought to know. You pack them for me. Just getting sick of carrying my lunch to work in a paper sack. Why can't I go to a restaurant like the other fellas? Why can't John, I order a... John, what are you talking about? I haven't fixed your lunch for two years. Oh, Blanche, every morning of my life, I find my lunch wrapped in brown paper on the side of the sink. Lunch? That's the garbage. No wonder nobody wants to swap sandwiches with me. Goodbye, Blanche. Goodbye, dear, and happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, dear sister. Oh, thanks, Clara. Where's Barney? I'm here. Clara's getting late. Why don't you tell her? Tell me what? Barney can't come tonight. He's been invited to a masquerade party at the United Nations Pool Hall. <laughs> you know, his friend's place. No. Tell her already. Well, anyway, he wants to go, and it's sort of a hard times party. Everybody's going dressed as a bum. What are you telling me for? Well, I thought maybe he could borrow some of John's clothes. <laughs> well, that's a nice thing to say. Barney, come away from that closet. Why can't I borrow this old gray suit? Them, them raglan shoulders are way out of style. Oh, I forgot about that suit. John never wears it. It just hangs there. You can have it, Barney. Oh, thanks. The boys will get a kick out of those open-toed pants. You coming, Clara? In a minute. Blanche, I wonder if you'd mind lending me your vacuum cleaner. Well, I can't do that, Clara. It's never been used. It's still in the box. Oh. Well, what's the matter with John's sample? He's using it for demonstrations. How do you suppose he sells his vacuum cleaners? With his disposition, I'll never know. <laughs> Man, you just got to love the Bickersons. Originally played by Don Amici and Francis Langford. Uh, characters created by the great Philip Rapp. And he also, uh, Philip Rapp also created Baby Snooks and Daddy, two very famous radio shows. And um, many people believe that the Bickersons inspired the Honeymooners, Married with Children, other TV shows about couples who, you know, fought a lot but loved each other. And um, as I say, in the um, in the 50s, Don Amici was not available for this uh, 1951 series, so Philip Rapp hired Lou Parker and uh, teamed him with Francis Langford. And that's what we're listening to right now, a June 5th, 1951 broadcast sponsored by Philip Morris and is heard on CBS. So we'll get back to the Bickersons in just a few moments. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. 
Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Yep, this is Hollywood 360. My team, Lisa Wolf, Mike Costella, my crabby brother, Vince Amari, Carl Shadow, Lisa's dog. Um, who else? Mike, who else? Your dogs. My dogs. Yeah. Um, Maisie. Correct. And uh, Meatball. That's right. Hey, pretty good, right? Taking your Prevagen today? I did. Oh, you better believe I take my Prevagen. Um... We're listening to the Bickersons. These are great. I love the Bickersons. There's not a lot of these. You know, there's maybe a dozen shows. So um, I love, love, love listening to the Bickersons, even the ones without Don Amici. And Don Amici um, was great as John, uh, John Bickerson. But Lou Parker does a great job. Did you know, Mike, in the 1960s, Don Amici and Francis Langford reunited to star in a Bickerson's LP series. So like just, you know, records of the Bickerson's for the Columbia label. You ready for this? Sold more than 30 million copies. Wow. I believe that it is the number one, could be wrong, but I believe it is the number one comedy album ever sold, the Bickerson's uh, with Columbia. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's when I first heard the Bickersons, that was uh, from a record, a Columbia record uh, label. I think they put out two or three records of the Bickersons. Uh, but we're listening to a 1951 broadcast, June 5th to be exact. This stars Lou Parker and Francis Langford. Let's uh, listen to the conclusion now to the Bickersons. Good morning, madam. I'm from the Eagle Appliances. Paying a call and answer to your oh, letter. Oh, I'm that you... sorry. You're 20 minutes late, and I've got an appointment at the dentist. Well, you see, I'll only take a few minutes I of your time. I can't wait. I'm getting my bridge today. But I, but I just want to see you about... I'm sorry. Not now. I've got to get to my dentist. <laughs> what good are teeth if your house is dirty? <laughs> oh, well. How do you like that? Five o'clock, and I haven't even got a foot in the door yet. Well, this is my last call. I'll have to high-pressure this one. I've been giving up too easy. Good afternoon, sir. I represent the Eagle Appliance Company, and I'm about to give you a, your wife a demonstration that will simply amaze her. My wife being home. Well, no matter. If you'll just follow me into your living room. Hey, get out Ah, of here we are. And a charming room it is, too. Look, busted. Now then, let's just empty these ashtrays on the floor. What are you doing? The wastebasket is full, too. Well, well, we just scatter this junk all over the place. Listen, you cut that out. Now, don't be alarmed, sir. Now I'm going to go over this rug just once. Oh. And if this vacuum cleaner doesn't pick up every single last speck of this filth, I'll eat it. Well, you better start eating, mister. Our electricity's been shut off. <laughs> oh, hiya, Dickerson. Your wife just called. Yeah. It's your anniversary, huh? Yeah. What's the matter? Forget to get her a present? I think I got her one present too many. Picked up a couple of cheap things at first, then I got sentimental and bought her a diamond ring. A diamond ring? On time. Nothing down and $10 a week for life. 
three weeks behind on the first payment. <laughs> Say, listen, Mom. Oh, no, no, you don't, Dickerson. I got no money. And if I did have any, I wouldn't lend it to you. You still owe me $4. I know that, Nothing but after... Nothing to do it. If you need money, sell a vacuum cleaner. Hmm? Yeah. Sell a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> Say, how much will you give me on this vacuum cleaner? Does it work? Oh, it's brand new, right off the shelf. It's worth 115 bucks. Give me 20 and let me get out of here. Well, all right. Uh, you wait here. I'll go make out the ticket. Fine. Police headquarters. Uh, this is the Argyle Pawn Shop. I think I've got the man you've been looking for, the cat burglar. <laughs> It was a wonderful anniversary party, Mrs. Bakerson. Too bad John couldn't make it. Well, I can't understand it, Dr. Hersey. He's never been this late before. Well, I wouldn't worry about it. He probably got tied up with some tough customer. Probably. Good night, Doctor. Thanks, officer. I'll be over in the morning to claim the vacuum cleaner. Please make sure they take my name off the police blotter. Dickerson, what happened? Oh, hello, Doc. Nothing. It's a long story. I'll tell you about it some other time. Well, I certainly enjoyed your party. Happy anniversary. Thanks. Oh, uh, I didn't want to tell your wife, Dickerson, but I left a little something for you on the hall table. Well, thanks. You needn't pay it until the 10th. <laughs> you can mail it in with last month's bill. Or if you pass the office, drop in. Drop dead. <laughs> oh, I'm out on my feet. I'll probably be up all night answering Blanche's questions. What a life. If I tell her the truth, she won't talk to me for a week. So, I'll tell her the truth. <laughs> the Bickersons have retired. Blanche Bickerson lies tense and sleepless in the dark as poor husband John, tortured by the guilt of having missed his own anniversary party, suffers another attack of intermittent insomnia, or woodchopper syndrome. Listen. Swallowed the thing. Oh, dear. John, mm. turn over on your side. Go on. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop it, Blanche. What's the matter? What's the matter, Blanche? Whining and giggling and grunting and snorting is driving me crazy. Me too, Blanche. Who's doing it? You're doing it. It amazes me that you can sleep at all with your guilty conscience. Not guilty. Put out the lights. I will not. I've got plenty to say to you. Blanche, what's the matter with you? It's three o'clock in the morning. You had a good time tonight. Now, why don't you let me sleep? I had a miserable time. It was the unhappiest anniversary I ever spent. Why didn't you show up for the party, John? I told you. I got stuck at the office. Funny nobody else got stuck. And everybody who came tonight was sweet and thoughtful 
And they all brought presents. Good. That's more than you did. The Homers were here, and they brought something. The Hydes were here, and they brought something. Even my sister Clara was here. What did she take? <laughs> she didn't take anything. And if she didn't bring a present, it's because she can't afford it. Barney isn't working. He never works. He does, too. It's just that he's recovering from his accident. What accident? When he was out looking for a job last month, he tripped over a barrel and two cases of bourbon fell on his head. It was the first time the drinks were ever on him. Go to sleep, Blanche. You said you didn't have dinner. Why didn't you eat something when you came home? There wasn't anything left. Well, who told you to come home so late? Clara took what, what was left of a ham and Dr. Hersey cleaned up the spaghetti. I gave Nature Boy the rest of the chicken. Who's Nature Boy? Our cat. Did I hear him yell when you came in? I stepped on him. Well, what'd you do that for? I was fighting him for the chicken bone. <laughs> what do you mean, what did I do that for? It was dark, and he got under my feet. You never liked that cat. I like him fine. Just keep him out of my way. You hated the other cat we had. Which other cat? Shiners, the big black one. Shiners? You know, the one you said committed suicide after you caught him drinking your bourbon. <laughs> He did commit suicide. I'd love to believe that. What are you hitting at, Blanche? Cats have been known to commit suicide. They don't hang themselves. <laughs> he didn't hang himself. He got his neck tangled in a ball of twine, and I was trying to loosen it when you walked in. Now, don't start making me into a cat killer. A man who could forget his own anniversary is capable of anything. I tell you, I didn't forget. Not even a card. The least you could have done was send me an anniversary card. I did send you a card. I told you 50 times I sent you a card. Must have got lost in the mail. Swear you sent me a card. I swear. It was twin with lace and it had a wonderful poem on it. I picked it especially for you. What did it say on it? Go to sleep. <laughs> well, if you picked it especially for me, I want to know what it said. It said, happy anniversary to my love. That could be anybody. Let me finish. It said, happy anniversary to my love. My wife, my life, my turtle dove. Life with you is great, it seems. I love you more than pork and beans. You're only adding insult to injury. Well, how do I know what it said? I can't remember the stupid poetry they put on those things. Put out the lights. You torture me every year on our anniversary. Oh, dear. Am I so old and homely that you can't show any affection or sentiment? The trouble with you is you're tired of me. No, I'm just tired. Good night. <laughs> Look at George Wood. There's a wonderful husband for you. He's been in love with the same woman since the day he was married. Does his wife know about her? <laughs> Never mind the thought, Cat. You didn't have those evil thoughts. You'd make a better husband. I'm not a demanding wife. Mm. All I ever ask from you is a pleasant smile or a kind word. Wake up, John! What do you want? Say something nice to me. I love you. I adore you. I can't live without you. Now shut up and go to sleep. <laughs> on our wedding anniversary. You'll just keep quiet for a while. I won't scream. I'm going to talk whether you like it or not. I don't like it. Don't forget, Mr. Dickerson, I gave you the best years of my life. Are those the best? <laughs> Leave it up, John. Night after night, I go to sleep crying into my pillow. It's soaked through from my tears. And one kiss would make it all perfect. Well, throw over your pillow and I'll kiss it. <laughs> you see, you're starting again. Is it asking too much for you to be nice to me once a year? I'm always nice to you. You never are. You're perfectly horrid. You'd never have a single argument if you'd just be, give me a little attention. Well, nobody gives you as little attention as I do. <laughs> well, I'm surprised you admit it. You never take me anywhere. You never show me the slightest consideration. What consideration? Don't I offer you half the newspaper every morning at breakfast? 
You shouldn't read the, read the table at all. When you drive the car up in front of the house, you might be a gentleman and help me in. Help you in? Oh, no, I have to fling open the door and throw myself onto the seat. Well, I slow down, don't I? <laughs> oh, I'd like to see you act that way with Gloria Gooseby. Now, don't start with Gloria Gooseby. You'd sure be a gentleman if you had her in your car. I've had her in my car plenty of times, and I've never been a gentleman. What? I mean, I hate you. Why don't you let me sleep, Blanche? We've had eight anniversaries. This is the most miserable one of all. It's no worse than last year. Our whole marriage started on the wrong foot. It was your idea to elope, not mine. Yep. I wanted to have a real ceremony like all my friends, but you said it was more romantic to elope. We had to be married by the justice of the peace. Should have been the secretary of war. <laughs> didn't talk that way then. Why didn't you let me have a big ceremony, John? I wasn't working at the time. I didn't have any money. Well, you're working now, and I want a real wedding with a big ceremony. Okay, I'll arrange it next week. You say it, but you won't do it. Do it now. What? Go on, get up, and let's get married. Are you out of your mind, Blanche? It's almost four o'clock in the morning, and I have to go to work at seven. Why do you do this to me? Haven't I suffered enough for one day? You haven't suffered half as much as I have. I go to all the trouble of making an anniversary party, and you deliberately stay away. It wasn't deliberate. Why don't you say you're sorry you married me? Because I'm not sorry. Not at all? Not at all. Do you hate me? You know I do. What? I mean, I don't hate you. <laughs> please let me sleep. Well, I will as soon as you show me the anniversary present you got for me. Put out the lights. Where is it, John? Hmm? Where's my anniversary present? No, you won't like it. It's just a little old beach bathrobe. It cost eight dollars. Eight dollars? Our eighth anniversary, and that's all I'm worth to you, eight dollars? Now, listen here, Blanche. A dollar a year for washing your shirts, cooking your meals, darning your socks, raising your children? We haven't got any children. Well, what do you want for a dollar a year? (laughs) (laughs) Blanche, all I want is sleep. I'll get you something nice tomorrow. You told me that yesterday. Today's my anniversary. Why couldn't you get me something nice today? I did, Blanche. I did get you something, but I can't give it to you now. Go to sleep. What did you get me? A diamond ring. Wake up, John. I'm still talking to you. I'm not sleeping. I really bought it for you. A diamond ring? Yeah. Where is it? What's the difference? I can't afford it. I'm taking it back in the morning. I don't believe it. Show it to me. It's right there in the closet, in the pocket of my old gray suit. Your gray suit? You mean the one I gave Barney? That's right. In the left-hand pocket. The one you gave to Barney? Blanche, you didn't! Don't get hysterical. I emptied out the pockets. The stuff's on the dresser. There wasn't any ring box. It wasn't in a box. I tied it in my handkerchief. Oh, thank heaven. Here it is. Oh, John. It's beautiful. It's got to go back. Take it off. (laughs) Such a lovely diamond. Take it off, Blanche. Look at it. I've seen it. Take it off. (laughs) Well, it's nice to know that you were thinking of me anyway. I'm sorry, Blanche. I did want you to have it, but... You can see how impossible it is. I know, dear. You've got enough debts now. It was a wonderful, foolish gesture, and I love you for it. Keep the ring, Blanche. (laughs) Don't be silly, John. You can't afford it. Keep it. I'll find a way to pay for it. I'll get an extra job or something. Don't worry. Go to sleep. John. Mm. You can be so sweet when you want to. Mm. I'm so happy. This feels just like when we were first married. You were so kind and considerate. You do love me, don't you, John? Yes, Blanche, I love you. Good night. 
I remember our first anniversary, you were so upset about something, and I kissed you goodnight and tucked you in bed like a baby. In the morning, everything was fine. Go to sleep, Blanche. John, would you mind if I just tucked you in bed tonight? Okay. Tuck me in. Lift your head, dear, so I can straighten the pillow. Now, let me get these covers under. Mm. <laughs> Stretch out your feet. Ah. There, that's it. Now, all tucked in. Thanks, darling. Are you comfortable, sweetheart? Perfectly. Are you sure? I never felt more comfortable in my life. Fine. Now, you get up and tuck me in. <laughs> Good night, Blanche. Happy anniversary, John. Now, here are John and Blanche Bickerson as Francis Langford and Lou Parker. Well, Francis, that puts the lid on number one. And I might add that I couldn't think of a more pleasant way of spending a half hour than working opposite you. Why, thanks, Lou. I think you do a pretty good job yourself. I think so. Let's hope the listeners agree with us and that they'll be around next week for another session with the Battling Bickersons. And the honeymoon is over. Good night, Francis. Good night, Lou. Good night, everyone. The Battling Bickersons, June 5th, 1951. CBS broadcast, originally sponsored by Philip Morris Cigarettes. Mike uh, removed the cigarette commercials. We cannot play cigarette commercials on the air. However, if this was in the classic radio club, you'd get the full commercials in there. We don't edit anything out of the classic radio club radio shows that are on those CDs or digital downloads. Um, and I'm sure those who are classic radio club members know that when they get their CDs, every 30 days we send a new CD collection out to our classic radio club members. And when they pop those in the CD player, they sound amazing. And all of the commercials, whether they're cigarette commercials or, you know, craft food or Johnson's wax or whatever, they're always on there. We don't edit anything out. And, um, Anyway, this, when we air it, though, there's nothing we can do about it, right, Lisa? That's all right. You know I, what? I think it's your we, fault, really. It's really no good yeah. to air cigarette commercials. No, I we know. don't really want to support c- cigarette companies anyway. No, I so. know, but I mean, it's it's against the law. You can't. I know, you can't but air. in addition to that, right. we don't even want to air that. No, that's true. Um, you had Lou Parker in here along with um, Francis Langford. Also, John Gibson was in this uh, supporting role. And then John Holbrook doing the announcing. This was created by the great Phil Rapp. And I hope you enjoyed the Bickersons. Time for This Month in Music History. All right, here's another great song from the 1970s. Sweet Home Alabama. That's it, Home Alabama. Bye. Um, I never know the band. I always just you know You always song. know the band. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, this is, uh, I would say, the Allman Brothers. No, but I think that's a good guess, to be Pretty honest good guess. with you. It's that's Leonard wrong, right? Skinner. Oh, Leonard 1974 Skinner. album called Second Helping reached number eight on the charts. And I, it's a I've great song. I've had a lot of second helpings. Oh, I bet you have. Can't you tell? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> if it's pasta. <laughs> you know, the other day I put, I, you know, weighed myself. Oh, no. It's don't. a depressing thing. I know. You know I, I feel As you same. get older, it's just like, I You're don't know. You're talking to me? I know. It's the craziest Terrible. thing. I got on the scale. I don't even want to tell you what I weighed. I don't need to know. And it was the most I've ever weighed in my entire life. Really? Yeah, the most I've ever weighed. 
and I'm like, what is going on? Well, you know, I had that same depression this week. I showed you, I saw a picture of myself when I was a little bit younger and I was yeah. with my girlfriends and I was wearing a bikini and I looked at myself and said, oh no, what happened? Four yeah. kids later, oh no. I don't have that same Yeah, but you're figure. thin. You look good. I don't have the figure I had in that bikini that day. I, I, Let's just be clear. Yeah, no. I'll tell you what. Yeah. And I just said to myself, that's it. I'm not eating dinner. Ever again. <laughs> no, I, no, I seriously, I said, I'm not eating dinners anymore. I'm just going to have a smoothie. So I've been doing a smoothie. What kind of smoothie? Like a, like a healthy smoothie. smoothie. Yeah. So I've been doing a smoothie all week. I did a smoothie for yeah. dinner. And I lost five pounds. Yeah, that's yeah. not sustainable, though. Well, I'm, I got to do something. I mean, this is just yeah. ridiculous. We'll have to talk about that. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. Well, no, you look fine. Yeah, no, I don't like a pizza. Smoothie, but, but pizza, pizza sounds great. Pizza sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, more of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Yeah, I got to do something, Lisa. I'm just uh Well, I have an gaining. idea. I have a suggestion. Why? How about we go out for pizza this week? Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Mike, you up sounds, for it? Yeah, Mike. <laughs> Definitely. Pizza. All right, let's do it. Yeah. That, that should solve all of your yeah, problems. That won't. <laughs> uh, It'll make me happy. Listen, I never say no to pizza. I don't either. Never, ever, nope. ever, I'm ever, I'm good ever. with that. All right, in our next hour, Jack Webb stars as Sergeant Joe Friday on Dragnet from 1950. But first... It's Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition. That's right. We're doing songs with gibberish Ooh, lyrics. Part two. Part two. Yeah, because we did that last That's time. That's right. That part was actually two. pretty good. Uh, pretty good? Yeah. Come on. I mean, yeah, pretty good. I think it was darn great. It was pretty good. I'll it was great. It was maybe a little bit better than pretty good, but not as good as great. So somewhere in between. It was so fantastic. Great. Right. 10 out of 10. All right. We're going to do all that in our next hour. See you soon. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.